0: Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week on the podcast, the regular crew. I'm just calling us the regular crew at this point. We got Jennifer Bartlett. Hi. We got Kyle Wilders. What? Kyle, Wilders? But what's
1: my last name? Isn't it Wilders? <laughs> it's Wonders. Wonders? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but hello, I'm here. Hi, it's the afternoon <laughs> and
0: that's just not, nope, that's not, nope, Wonders. Wonders of Wonders, I screwed that one up.
1: There's your shortcoming for the week.
2: <laughs> I think you said Wilders last night at Care did Group. I? I think you did. And I didn't even pick up. Yeah, you... I wasn't
1: sure if you were talking about me or not.
2: That's did funny. I really? Yeah.
0: I need more sleep. That's what I'm going to go yeah. with. Rob Croyle Hello. is also with us, <laughs> and Logan is not apparently with
1: us. I thought I'm you were going to maybe totally partially about me, with us. Yeah. You need more it's coffee
2: because okay. it's National Coffee Day.
1: I had coffee today. Did you have coffee today? I didn't have coffee today. Did you oh. have coffee today, Jen?
2: Uh, absolutely, of course. And Rob, on all days, and
3: in
1: and why? So there's yeah. one of us who's on the outside mm-hmm. here, and one of us messed up my last name. There seems to be a correlation here.
0: It might even be causation. <laughs> we just don't know.
2: How do you not drink coffee? Like
0: I don't know. I just didn't get around to it today. I was too busy. I was doing things.
2: Did you eat lunch?
0: I did actually. Well done. I made two sandwiches and well, put that a lot of horseradish breakfast. sauce on both of them. It was delightful.
2: Yay,
3: we had you. no shortcomings from Sunday?
0: I don't know if we had shortcomings from Sunday. Sunday
1: shortcomings. Um I mean,
0: I, I was there.
1: Logan forgot that Megan was vegetarian.
0: Yeah, I, well, I remembered. You halfway remembered through, halfway through, yeah.
1: but I feel like it was, you know.
0: I mean, I also forgot that she was lactose intolerant until after service. Yeah, so yeah. It was. Yeah. There's a lot of information in that story. It
1: was still a good story, though.
0: <laughs> and apparently, I'm old, so that's the thing. <laughs> I forget people's names now. <laughs> I'm just. I just don't even know what to do.
3: Well, what to Rob, do what do you. do you do when you get old? <laughs> disciple I'll you me. When, I'll let you know when I get there.
0: Oh, disciple me, oh, ancient of days. Anyway, it's deflection because I.
3: I'll have you come over to my house and we'll start with the fence. <laughs> right. Sounds good to me. Some fences to paint.
0: Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. <laughs>
2: <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> Alright, so shortcomings for this week The entire beginning of footnotes You're welcome
2: We are here to serve If you're still here, congratulations
0: We are actually going to talk about the Bible So as I was saying
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, So Zacchaeus Was a rich tax collector um, Yeah That's a thing and uh, pretty good, uh, pretty solid sermon, I felt like. Yeah. It, it felt like, I don't know. It It was odd for me. I didn't have a lot of notes. I, I noticed, <clears throat> I, I told this to Rob yesterday, it was a lot of times I feel like I'm giving a lecture when I'm sermoning, sermonizing, I don't preaching. know what. Preaching. Mm-hmm. that sermoning. is Sermoning. Yes. I like sermoning. That's much better. Sermoning. Uh, when I'm sermoning. So uh, we'll see how many times I can say that.
3: Run hard. Run hard with that, yeah.
0: Yikes! Run hard. Anyway, Mom. it's probably just because my dad's a you know professor, and so in my mind, lecture that's just an, a natural go to. Mm-hmm. But with this one, because it was so <laughs> what you've heard, that's just what I've heard. So many, <laughs> so many lectures. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: but because this one is uh, most of the sermon was the story of Megan. Personal mm-hmm. anecdote. It was yeah, very exactly. Um, which means it was, it was much more, it was, it felt less lecturish and I was, it was odd. This was the first time I had actually noticed the masks mm. so much because I think when I'm telling a story, Ooh. I look for people's facials, cute fac, people's facial cues more so than if I'm just delivering information mm-hmm. that I've thought through and I'm now just delivering my thesis right. statement, if you will. Uh, I don't know if either one of them is better or worse, but it was frustrating to me. This was the first time that not seeing everybody's chipper faces was uh, overly frustrating, so mm-hmm. that's a thing. Just fun little Yeah. Fun little behind the mask sort Ooh, of information.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway. So speaking of uh, Megan's story,
2: <clears throat>
0: we had the uh, this intentional versus natural conversation that we wanted to talk about. Because I mentioned that it was like accidentally making a disciple. Uh, And then I followed up with, we had just naturally taken this process and Mm -hmm. it become part of how we did life with Brenner and Care Group and this whole group of friends. We just naturally kind of did this. Uh, But we wanted to break that down more and uh, give some thoughts on, whether being an intentional leader, what that looks like, because we would, we didn't accidentally make a disciple per se, we were still being intentional leaders.
3: Mm-hmm. It just wasn't forced.
0: Yeah, yeah. We weren't. We didn't enter into this with an agenda to. Well, oh, I need to convert Megan. Um, however, we had set up the processes and the the lifestyle right that was conducive to Megan becoming a part of our community Megan uh developing that relational capital us investing in her life her investing in our lives this give and take and you grow closer together and through that discipleship occurs right um and so it's it's not it wasn't accidental, even if it might have felt like it just because we weren't entering into it with an agenda to convert or proselytize or right. you know, whatnot.
1: Um the environment had been established and she just came into your environment.
0: Yeah. And the environment was established intentionally. Yeah. It was an intentional environment. Um Brenner kind of it, it, it started off, you know. We were just three guys or three friends that wanted to eat some food. Eat some food together. Mm-hmm. You know, bored on a Wednesday night. And it eventually became this well, oh, okay, so this is going to be a habit. This is going to be a routine. And we did actually, all right, we'll be intentional about this. Right. We're going to plan this out. We're going to invite people. We're going to make sure that people show up to this who, you know, where. Where's Rachel? She hasn't been here for three weeks. What's going on in her life? Mm-hmm. You know. So there was an intentionality there that we did build into it, and right. that allowed us that allowed it to naturally happen. Right. So,
1: I think the interesting part that I drew from your Megan story is the my part was no individual person's part; mm-hmm. it was the collective part, and so I feel like. You guys, in establishing this environment of Brenner and of, you know, your, what sounds like a pretty closely knit care group, mm-hmm. had kind of almost become one collective discipler in this situation. Like, yes, you all probably had your own specialties and you all impacted Megan differently, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But as a body, you shared the responsibility of discipling Megan.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I
3: would say that the, uh, th- the whole is greater than the than the parts, and so you you get this when you have that many people buying into the mission and vision
0: mm-hmm.
3: having all those folks there that that bring their piece to the puzzle um you end up with a a greater effect than if it was just one person. Multiple times, you know, you, you could clone. You clone Logan ten times over. That's not <laughs> as as effective as ten people buying into that mission. But it, it does take individual. Oh, it would be cool.
2: <laughs> You'd get a lot done. <laughs>
0: Man, that's that'd a- be such a kick ass team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just
0: a fleet of Logans.
2: <laughs> okay, stormtrooper Logan, calm that'd be down. So good. <laughs>
3: Oh, Stormtrooper TK Logan. TK42 awesome. <laughs> There'd be so many Good. deer that'd be saved, though, because. <laughs> that's, <I> that's, just... <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> I just think of Stormtrooper Logan <laughs> shooting and missing. <laughs> that's
1: gonna that's be your not my one.
0: problem. What's I see? hit what I aim at, I just can't find them.
2: They're so sneaky. <laughs> Help me find a deer. Drive up to my house any time of day. I, can't I will shoot them
0: w- in town. I, I checked.
3: So, we, you know, we, and we point people <laughs> to get back to Kyle's Kyle's r- remark. You know, we point people to care group and life transforming group. Not that these are the only environments that uh, you could create to disciple somebody. Totally. But these are the, the environments that we have produced over and over and over again and and I've seen other really effective environments typically based upon uh, the personality or the the sure. giftedness or the unique personality of the person and and they've been fantastic environments for people to be discipled but but the care group and or the life transformer group once you buy into that and if you get the group of people to buy into that, and you bring new folks in, which is the key here, uh, now you have this discipleship yep. environment that... It's
0: been prepped and primed, mm-hmm. ready to go.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: no. I have an example of forced leadership that didn't, or forced discipleship that didn't work. If oh. Uh, I, before I became a foster parent... Uh, decided to move in with a gal and my pastor or like the college pastor was like, hey, move in with her and like it will be a great discipleship opportunity for you. Like she's, mm. it uh, it did not work. Uh, and I don't know why it should have, like we connected but anytime I was like, hey let's get together and talk about this. She's like, oh, okay. And then it would just disappear. So like their part wasn't there yet so
0: their part is to show up
2: yeah so it felt like the whole time it felt like this forced missed opportunity of like let's make this happen come on this is why we're living together and yeah that did not work well so did she
1: know that was why you were living together
2: yes oh yeah
1: that's kind of an uncomfortable situation (laughs) it
2: kind of was (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: look at the time
2: she it's s- disciple time. <laughs> she spent a lot of time at her boyfriend's house. Ah. And they're married now and have a kid. And so it's fine. It did not work out as we expected, but yeah. So there you go. When you force it, it doesn't work sometimes.
0: Well, and I, you know, I did point out there. I've got multiple stories of this mm-hmm. to varying degrees of success or completion. Mm-hmm. Um where sometimes their part does not line up or right. other times I drop the ball on my part that's happened too yeah. yeah i'm like oh i missed that opportunity just didn't see it yeah um so yeah forced versus natural natural is much better mucho better well, a little nerdery here for uh the story of Zacchaeus um so i mentioned i made i made the joke about uh no one liking the tax man um
1: but, imagine having adult problems
0: okay <laughs> all of us that have paid taxes
2: <laughs> I've never done oh, that so
0: there's so many jokes that could be made there uh <laughs> Apropos to the times we live in.
2: Nonetheless,
3: (laughs) oh, leave the president out of this.
0: Nonetheless, (laughs) (laughs) you know, some of us are just better at using the loopholes. What can we say? What can we say? So, tax collectors were not not popular in Jesus's day. I'm reading a a little a little write up that this person has done on the the story of Zacchaeus. A BBC.co.uk.
2: That sounds very
0: official. Uh, commonly regarded as sinners, which you're like, why would they be regarded as sinners? Well, because they worked for the Romans. Uh, The occupying force in Palestine at the time, they collected taxes from people to give to the Romans and were were regarded as traitors. Mm. You are working for the occupying government. Most people resented the Romans and did not want to pay taxes to them. Nobody likes paying taxes. Uh, Tax collectors were not paid a wage.
2: Interesting.
0: They were expected to pay their own wages by taking extra money from people. So what you would do is you would take this bid from the Roman government, and they would say, you have to collect this much. And then they're not going to pay you to collect this. You're just collecting this much. So the only way for me to get paid as a tax collector is for me to collect more than what Rome asked me for. And so... Whatever else I squeeze out of people or collect is what I get. Mm -hmm. So there's probably two ways you could go about doing this. You could take just what you need,
1: the bare minimum. X plus 10. Yep. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Or you could gouge people for all they're worth. Say 2X. Ooh. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Getting all mathematical, but I like that. So, when it says that Zacchaeus was a rich tax collector, well, you only get rich by being a tax collector if you are gouging the heck out of people. Right. And they would know that. Um, So, uh, such a system was open to exploitation. Tax collectors had a reputation for being very dishonest. They often became rich at the expense of those they collected taxes from. So there you go, Uh, which then when he makes this turnaround at the end of the story, uh, the Old Testament law where he pays back this fourfold, uh, there's some reference there to some Old Testament laws about how you would uh, repay people for being dishonest, Mm -hmm. which Rob, you had done a little poking around with.
3: Yeah, let, let me add to what you just read there because uh sure. the Jewish encyclopedia.com and this is from like 1906. Ooh. Um, just a few it's years. It's available ago. online. There you go. At dot uh, Jewishencyclopedia.com, but it was the encyclopedia in 1906. It says that um the uh there's a there was stringent Jewish legislation which classified the tax collectors with robbers, and so it, they were forbidden from taking payment in coin from the treasury of the tax gatherer or to receive alms from it because the money had been gained by robbery. Hmm. So they're they're ineligible to serve as judge or even as a witness.
0: My inner libertarian loves this.
3: <laughs> um. If one member of a family was a tax gatherer, all its members were liable to being considered as such for the purpose of testimony because they would be likely to shield him. So they, <coughs> you know, from temple worship, um, they this were... This an outsider. They were an outsider from... Uh,
0: Scarlet Letter.
2: Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Hester Prynne.
3: So there's a couple passages. It, yeah. uh, there's actually I, mean, I think it's mentioned four times, um, but we're going to look at just a couple. Leviticus six four says this: "It shall be when this um, that uh, when he sins becomes guilty, he shall restore what he took by robbery, or what, or what he got by extortion, or the deposit which." Uh, was entrusted to him or lost the thing which was found. Leviticus 6 5 says, He shall make restitution for it in full and add to it one fifth more. So if I take something from you through extortion um, or through lying, um, I'm going to pay you one fifth more. Okay. Exodus twenty two one says if a man steals an ox or a sheep or slaughters it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for the sheep.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Zacchaeus seems to take the the weightier you know prohibition
2: mm-hmm.
3: here. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it almost seems as if what they're saying here is if you can steal a little thing then you need to add a fifth part. But if you're gonna steal a big thing, like an oxen, it's something that uh an oxen would a family would depend on their Yeah, ox. that's a big mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Yeah, like that's like you bigger are, than a sheep. You are putting family in jeopardy of not eating by right. taking the rocks, sure, and so therefore you need to pay fivefold uh with the sheep, I mean this still is pretty significant, I mean, you're talking food on the table kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah uh with sheep, uh, you're talking you know clothing, you know those kinds of things, and so it's still a very significant thing, so it's almost as if uh if the harm is. Um, exceedingly great Then What you pay back is Is worse And And uh he recognized he, he, Even though he's probably not taking sheep Or oxen He's probably taking coins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know he, he recognizes the harm that he's done
0: And so he's treating it as such
3: And he's treating it as such He knows his scriptures,
0: which is intriguing because he would have been outcast from the religious kind of side I, of things
3: yeah, but again, he grew up within yeah sure a...
0: it, it, but he, but would okay so if i if I grow up religious i'm I'm gonna know them, but then if I am outcast. Right. Think of how many times you've heard the story of somebody who's been hurt by the church Mm -hmm. and they turn their back on everything. But he hasn't turned his back on this. Like Uh his immediate response is that I'm now going to come right back to I'm gonna well, but I'm gonna come right back to this. And on top of what I'm gonna give to the poor, I'm also going to do this versus i'm thinking of the stories when people get hurt by the church and if they do come back a lot of times there's hurt and baggage right right and where they've been hurt there's that wounding there and so they don't necessarily go back we don't go back to the same denomination or we don't go back to the same this that we have caveats right and there's this process. It seems like there's there's something like I see this in Zacchaeus' heart. This turnaround. There's not a lot of like he's definitely not holding it against them.
3: Yeah, I it think seems like I think what you're describing though is a difference between at least what I'm picturing here is is a difference between an organization that is unfaithful towards um, their calling, like a church. <laughs> Whether it's a denomination that or a church body that handles a situation poorly in a way that's not in line with with who they say they are. Could be. Um Or it could just because be Because I've seen plenty of people that walked away from the church, it was their own decision mm-hmm. and they when they came back uh they knew they knew the things that they needed to do to, to make restitution. So I've seen that plenty of times.
1: Sure. See but also with him it wasn't his choice to leave. Like he would have been outcast. So in his heart he could still like consider himself faithful to that. Like obviously he was doing things. Like being a tax collector would have been seen as bad, but like he wasn't he didn't make the conscious choice to leave the church the church kicked him out and so i think that's different than making a choice because of some you know like in a in a modern context being like hurt by the church that's usually your choice i don't think there's a lot of church kicking out compared like you wouldn't i don't think a church would just kick out some guy usually people choose to leave Uh, the church i mean some okay But it would happen. It happens more often than you than you'd guess. Probably, maybe this statement doesn't make sense. But I do think it's significant. Well, but you bring up a good point. He didn't choose to leave.
0: We don't. We don't know. Did he? It seemed like he had. He had embraced the tax collector, right? By being a rich man from being a tax collector, he's embraced this life. However, you know is what what led him to be a tax collector we don't know that right which you know what what led this person to to this this place in their life well i don't i don't always know what led them to it does that change how i interact with them um I that might be a little takeaway there but so the the you know and then we also don't know did he stop being a tax collector
2: Right, because the story After just this. ends,
0: which is intriguing to me. So, there's a lot of, lot of, a lot of unknown, I mm-hmm. guess.
2: If he stayed a tax collector, was was he just collecting the Roman amount, or was he still skimming yeah. off the top?
1: Well, it says he's giving half of what he earns to the poor, right? So we'd okay. have to still be skimming.
0: Or is that what he, he's giving away half of what, what he currently what he has. has earned? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then... That's plausible, you know, too. Repent and do no more.
2: Right.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's intriguing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Got to wait about, I don't know, 67 years to find out. For me, at least.
0: Oh. Oh. Average lifespan.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> like, I was like, wait, What? Does huh? Kyle know when Jesus is coming? Back? <laughs> How'd you get that? You heard it here first. <laughs> 2087, oh, man. man. What
0: a year. That's that's a mess right there. <laughs> that's a mess. Speaking of in the mess.
2: Oh. Ooh,
0: segue. <laughs> uh let's talk about let's talk a little bit about what it looks like to engage with people in the mess. Um, obviously I talked a little bit about this in the sermon. Um, there's, there's this aspect of Jesus goes into the mess and engages with Zacchaeus. He goes to his home. Um, there's also a little bit of, uh, within the Megan story, we engaged with Megan in her mess. We got to know her life. She got to know our life, um... But it, that was almost kind of a or Michelle engaging with Megan within the workplace, which might be the quote unquote mess that they that they had. Just um, kind of in the thick of things. I used Isabel as an example, my friend. Um, just meeting her where she's where she's at in life, um, being a, a comfortable, a comfortable like this is where you go meet people. Don't expect them to come out of their. Their place to join me all of the time. Um, so let's 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 talk a little bit about what that looks like, or what you've seen that look like, as you've been engaging with people.
3: Well, for me, the, this is mostly about just w- being willing to do life with people, uh, doing life at their house, doing you know serving within the community together, or, you know, I volunteer with the Redcoats of the Chamber of Commerce, and um, I did that on purpose, because I, I realized about this time last year that I didn't know anybody in this town that wasn't part of the church world. They were either a pastor of another church, or they were part of a, of uh, one of the organizations that we um, support or, or that we partner with. And so, you know, I get to talk to people about Jesus all the time, but that's because I get paid to, and they're part of my congregation, or they're part of another congregation. So, we, you know, we could talk about those things all day long. But uh, I just I realized that I didn't know the larger community, and and didn't really have an avenue for doing that. And so, you know, I serve alongside the red coats, and you know, um, our meetings sometimes are at bars. We've we've served in a, in a number of different environments and and uh, there's usually alcohol served and, and I'm not afraid of, of, of drinking uh, rather en- enjoy a, a nice beer or or you know a number of drinks so but it's just the idea that um, I don't have to invite them to the quote unquote sterile environment of a Sunday morning church in sure. order to do life with them. Like I'm willing to do life with them wherever they're at and in whatever context that they're in. And I don't expect them to change their life before we could be friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You, know, um, you know, people, when they find out that uh, that I'm a pastor, they suddenly start apologizing when they swear. <laughs> I, I don't apologize to them when I swear, so I'm not sure <laughs> what the deal is. Um, but you know, that's just kind of the almost automatic response. Is like they start thinking in terms of all the conversations we've ever had. <laughs> you know, yep. ooh, what did I say in front of Rob? Um, but you know, with with my friends through the Redcoats, and and I've got you know probably you know a good dozen uh, friends out of that group now that you know, when we see each other once a month or a couple times a month, and it's like, hey, you know, we do some catching up. How are your kids doing? You know, those kinds of And they've known all along that, that I'm a pastor, and I'm just here to do life with you guys. And, and out of that, I've had some conversations start. In fact, uh, I got to sit down with a gal last week, and she's like, hey, I've got some questions about spirituality and what it all means, and and so we we had a chance to sit down and talk uh again, that happened naturally It wasn't forced it was it was her idea mm-hmm. uh yeah, you know, and when I get an opportunity, I just kind of remind people that I think about Jesus an awful lot, and he's changed my life, and uh he's changed the course of my life and those kinds of things i I'll talk about those things, I'll say things, but I don't make it uncomfortable or. Um, it's not the only thing I talked about, and uh it's not the most common thing I talk about, but they know they know where i stand and and uh and so to me that's that's about being willing to be in the mess you don't maybe the best way to think about it is i'm not defining what the environment's like all the time
2: mm-hmm.
3: I'm willing to join them in whatever environment yeah. they're in, mm-hmm. whether it be their home. Uh, their play, whatever. Whatever it's at, sure. And and it doesn't have to be cleaned up in in order for me to enter in.
0: Sure.
1: That reminds that, me, I don't know how much this is going to ring true to anyone, but there was, there was a, a show that was produced by a company, a Christian company, and the show is called... I believe The Chosen. Is that what we talked about the other day, Logan? Oh, yeah. yeah. It is The Chosen? Yeah, yeah, Okay, I'm pretty sure it's called The Chosen. I'm like, 97% sure. But in the first episode of this show, um, they talk about Mary Magdalene and her being just completely consumed by the demons inside of her. And um, she spends a lot of time in a bar or in this really quote-unquote bad side of town and i think the show depicted it like this because it's not entirely biblical canon but it's depicted like this because the pharisees are seen as not going into this area because it's like a bad area Mm -hmm. whereas jesus goes in willingly he meets her he meets her where she is Mm -hmm. and i think to model that like, that's it's modeled throughout the Bible, not just in this story. He's consistently going and meeting where they are. And that's what Rob was just saying. To meet where where they are is critical to have a, a successful discipling relationship because you're not going to get someone to come to church every Sunday if you're not going out of your way to meet them, you know? Like, it's not going to just happen like that. It's not how it works. So...
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think back to, uh, was it, I think it was the Nehemiah series. I remember talking about, um, I think it was with Zerubbabel, where I talked about the That's mess. a really fun name. It is a fun name. Old Zebabs. Mm-hmm. Um, about not, not being afraid to engage with people in the mess, because the, I, it was the, the Samaritans or the people from the Samaria that are coming in with this messy theology, Right. That didn't have it all figured out, and and they said, no, 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 you can't have any part in what we're doing here. Um, and and this is the exact opposite of what we see Jesus doing.
3: Yeah, in um, fact, Jesus that is going to engage with the Samaritans and
0: directly, yeah,
3: directly in uh, this week's story. So, um, yeah, so the mess can either be uh, it could be lifestyle differences. It could be theological differences. Uh, it could be um, social, economic. With,
0: yeah, what what's going on in their life? Medical depression, like the mess, could be a whole host of things.
3: Right. And
2: really. to
0: say, well, yeah, it's going to make discipleship hard. So why don't you come back after you got that sorted out?
2: Right. The mess is anything that's keeping them from turning to god there ultimately
1: go. but the mess can also be the thing that turns them to god mm-hmm. it can be a driving factor
2: because
1: if you're not in a mess you're comfortable and comfortable is not how you change like Very comfort true. doesn't lead to change on all most of the mm. time but if you're in a situation that could be considered a mess then it's it's expected, I would say, that there is some level of uncomfort there or discomfort, even if you're not conscious of that discomfort. But I think b- being in a messy situation is a um, word that means speeding up things that is escaping me. But it, it, it speeds up the, the idea of being able to change. It, allows, it puts you in a mindset that's more susceptible to change than a mindset of comfort.
3: Well, in in all those examples of of uh, the mess, so if they're dealing with depression, um, we need to be the greater influencer in that relationship. Yep. Like like, if we're going to be in a relationship with them, their depression shouldn't overcome us.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, sure,
3: you know um, if. If it's a financial situation, like their their financial situation, shouldn't draw us down. Like we should we should be lifting th- them up out of the muck, not them dragging us into it. If it's a theological one, then we need to be able to um, stand on firm ground when it comes to our convictions and and our understanding of the scriptures and you know those kinds of things. And and if it's a lifestyle question, then. Uh, which could be a whole host of things, but we need to be the ones that are the greater influence to where we influence them ultimately towards uh, better choices, you know, living according to God's design, those kinds of things. So um, I think so engaging the mess is not just this idea that, well, I'm throwing everything out that I believe we're, you know,
0: no, it's just it's, it's it's just not being afraid to enter into those spaces, mm-hmm. yeah, or situations,
3: right.
0: and letting that drive you away, yeah, um, without with without reason. Once again, you gotta be smart about it, right? So yeah, good. Bueno. Well, and and you know, Kyle, you you mentioned uh, with that <coughs> got me thinking they might not be aware mm-hmm. right or the fully aware of the mess people become comfortable in the mess the situation yeah. in the mess right and when we enter into that it's it's very cliche but we show them something different right you could be the you could make them aware of oh i don't actually like where my life's at. mm mm-hmm. mhm right now and and they're like all you need to do is be a positive influence in that situation. you just need to be there, yeah, right. It doesn't require any sort of apologetic shenanigree. you just gotta be there and just be a light, I guess, which would be the you know the classic cliche, I'm
1: gonna be a light to the world, but it's true, sometimes someone needs to flip the switch
0: oh. Oh, there it is. That'll tweet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. Cool. <clears throat> well, I think that'll do her for today. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Footnotes. Come back and join us again next week, where we'll be talking more discipleship, more sharing of, of life and stories and truth and goodness, and, uh, you know discussing these things. So uh we'll see you next week.
3: Bye. Peace. See you later.
0: You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge Podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed. And that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.